Uh, hey, what's up? This is Ghost, and you're listening to The Paradise Arcade. The Paradise Arcade contains graphic language. Listener discretion is advised. Listening to the Paradise Arcade with Kyle and Eric, promoting synthwave music and culture. Welcome to another episode of the Paradise Arcade. This week, we have a very, dare I say, special guest, Ghost. Welcome to the show. Right on, man. Thank you guys again for having me. Thank you for being on the show. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, So before we get going in earnest, uh, please follow us on all the social media stuff. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook for those that follow, and you can find our podcast on almost all of the platforms, minus maybe a couple ones for strategic reasons. So yeah, please follow us. Go to theparadiseirocade.com. Uh, we've got some cool stuff going on there. We've got a few... Uh, you said that like a pirate. <laughs> Paradise Arcade. <laughs> I, yeah, I like I, it. Yeah. I'm a pirate now. That's how that works. Pirates are, are cool. in right now. Yeah. All right, so uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, it's a huge deal. I think, you know, when we started the show, we kind of put in our brain maybe a top four guest list of people, and you were right there for us. So uh, we, we really appreciate you coming on. I'm really curious um, what you've been doing over the last year since you can't tour. I've been um, just uh, working on the new record. It's it's um, 99.9% finished, and uh, like I was saying, I, I've been working on the first um, video for the first single that should be out mm, probably around March sometime. Right on. But that's it. I mean, that, and uh, I, I kind of started a new project uh, called Burn Offerings with my wife. Uh, we've released a couple tracks. We've got a few more that we're working on, but it's uh, she's gone back to work since you know, the first six months she had off, so we had more time to work on stuff together, and it was great, but now it's just uh, a little bit more back to the regular grind, so yeah, I've just been focused on Ghost again, so that's where I'm at. That's awesome. I, I mean, that's got to be a really cool thing to be able to work with your wife on a musical project and, you know, work creatively together. Absolutely, yeah. It's, um, I don't know, we have a, we've known each other for like 20 years, so we have a, a super open and cool relationship i shouldn't say open that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we don't uh yeah we don't step outside but um I, we're very honest with each other and we know each other very well so yeah it's um magical to work with her for lack of a better way of putting it yeah that's really cool have you discovered kind of anything uh, about her and you don't have to, like tell me like specifics just like what has that process been like for you like working with your wife because i think music is an intimate thing you know it comes from the depths of who you are as a person and when you combine that with another person it could be really intimate so i mean has it been um surprising at all or or just kind of reinforcing like this person is amazing yeah definitely um i think the best part of it for me is just to you know giving her space to have like another outlet um in her life to be creative and and to do something together um it's uh yeah i don't know it's 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 kind of wild because 
she never really was into like producing music until you know I got it kind of brought it up or whatever so she doesn't really know much about the software so I think it's frustrating for her sometimes because some of the beats that I write I can tell she's like I don't I don't want to sing on this but uh <laughs> yeah so and she just you know I don't know I'm sure you guys have messed around with software learning yeah. any new software just takes years I'm still figuring things out you know on this new record that fuck excel <laughs> <laughs> yeah i looked at excel once and i was like nah i'm I not gonna not i'm not me. gonna be successful yeah. <laughs> yeah no not at all uh, so is it just a project that you and your wife have been um just kind of playing around on and doing is there interest desire to release like a an album or an ep yeah we were gonna we had we had been talking to a label to do um, like a seven inch, but things have just kind of stalled. I've been extremely busy with ghosts. So it's, we're just kind of in a holding pattern right now. Cause it'd be really cool. It'd be like ghost tours and then burnt offerings opens. Yeah. I mean, in a perfect world, um, I would have her on tour with me uh, on stage with me constantly, but, um, oh, the world's sick. not perfect. So no, it's not. Unfortunately, it really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it sucked before, but it really sucks now. Yeah, it really does. I mean, it's wild to see how, uh, I don't know, the the facade has been pulled away from how the world pretended to be. And now you see everybody with their ridiculous opinions and their like proud ignorance. It's been a wild fucking year. Dude, it is crazy. Like, I'm afraid, like, I'm not a Facebook person. I've got a, you know, I have it mostly for the show. But, like, it's a landmine. You open up Facebook and you do not know what you're going to, like, step into. And people's... Some shit is what it is. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. I don't have, I have Facebook for the same reason, just for the all my projects. So, anybody that's on my friends list is either somebody I work with or someone who i added and unfollowed instantly so i don't have to see their <laughs> <laughs> i feel that <laughs> yeah uh so you've been working on the next record and i'm very curious because um i feel like you're one of the artists that take a lot of chances on uh, record to record like there's a real evolution and progression from you know skull onward is there another step beyond f from the last record what what can we expect it I, I let like so i have a patreon and i let the patreon hear the first single and it sums up the record pretty well it's um it's like if you took all of the things i'd done and put them together i would say that's the best mental representation i can give you of the new record i mean there's definitely it's more ambitious they, uh, they just keep getting that way. Uh, there's more pop melodies, and my vocals are have gotten better. So, um, yeah, it's, it's still a progression, but I feel like if you liked Possessor more than uh, a lot of people didn't like the newer record, especially like synthwave-type people, then I think that they will identify with this one a lot more than, say, Foundation. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, I, I, that's, 
I got some pretty what? rough hate on this last release. You, you know, I was gonna I was gonna ask about that, like with the Patreon and the people getting early access to it. Have you gotten any pushback from anyone saying like, oh, you know, I'm not really into this. This isn't what I expect. But you know, I don't feel like anybody should expect anything from you with how you do change things from album to album. Yeah, I mean, I've said it in the past. I my music is like a it's a, it's an extension of me it's how i interact with the world and um so i change a lot when, and my music's going to change a lot i don't think i'll ever just safely release behemoth again because it would feel like i was cheating i don't know yeah i mean i get that it's really i'm so sorry that valediction got hate because like i fucking love it yeah i really feel like it's the perfect I think here's my here's my theory why people have a hard time with it, um, because you mix genres and maybe like influences together that don't necessarily rightly go together per se. Like yeah. Valediction reminds me of like Depeche Mode meets Mayhem a little bit, and yeah. um, I think that's kind of hard for people. And it's vocal, and I think there's a lot of like traditional synthwavy people that are very adamant against vocals in their music yeah i mean i don't want to it it wasn't like a all-around bad response i mean i guess in hindsight all around i had a much i reached a broader audience and um you know especially like in the industry with like magazines and stuff it, it got a lot more attention but definitely some of my older fans you know i mean i got comments and messages of basically how i was betraying my original sound or whatever <laughs> what the what does that even mean i don't know man it's it's art you betrayer you betrayed uh, but i get feelings. it no man people are they hold synthwave close man it's uh the it's a weird genre it's like the first internet genre in my opinion and um you know people live on that shit and they want it to sound a certain way which is why you know certain bands do really well with a certain formula i just can't exist I, on that plane i just don't ever feel that you were really ever properly synthwave i think you had some very strong influences of a particular time frame but then it would also be like to call you in my opinion synthwave is like to call the 1975 synthwave like it's not necessarily appropriate yeah. i think you're still doing your own thing using modern techniques with some 80s influences maybe absolutely outright outright synthwave but on the other end of the spectrum too i have been on internet arguments where people (laughs) have said that (laughs) you are not synthwave and i have this you know i have been the one saying that maybe your horizons need to be broadened a little bit more yeah i mean you may still be but you're pushing you know, I don't want to say the boundaries because that's such a cliche thing to say, but you were making it interesting. Right. Instead of staying to the same boring formula that cough, cough, a lot of people seem to do because sure. it's safe. And that's fine. Um, I, I, I get why. But I don't know. Synthwave is such a, it's a giant umbrella term now. I mean. I agree. It is. There, I, I, I saw something the other day. It was like, power metal synthwave like literal like like death leopard no worse like not worse i'm sorry like um more like motley Crue synthwave 
Rat uh, synthwave. Yeah, something like that. And I'd so, be, I mean, I'd you go, you go all the <laughs> way from that to screaming to, you know, Perturbator and then all the way to, like, you know, Miami Nights. None of it really sounds the same if you really look at all of it. Right. And I think, like, funny you brought up Perturbator. I think he's more of, like, a 90s cyberpunk-influenced artist. The only thing that's, like, maybe 80s is his use of um, the Prophet 6 and, like, the Vangelis, like, sweeps. Yeah. But that's about it like to me it, it reminds me of playing like early 90s video games like i, I don't you know i don't really understand his no i think like, you're right oh, this synth wave thing it's like he's not really again it's just the community that paid attention i think it all really and um i'm sure you guys have heard of it the synthetics facebook group like back in the early uh I guess Facebook days of synthwave <laughs> after the MySpace guys. Um, that's where everybody like kind of congregated and shared new music. And so it was those people that brought us in and were like, check this out, come be a part of our community. So that's why we're a part of synthwave, not because you were, like, we're a part shit. of synthwave. Yeah. What did I do? <laughs> <laughs> no, I met a lot of great people. I'm still friends with out of that group. So uh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I I think yeah, there's a weird th- I think the problem is that it's becoming bigger and less inclusive, which happens when things get bigger, ironically. Yeah. And I think the original, you know, first few years and into the maybe, you know, like twenty fifteen, sixteen ish, it was really a lot more open minded. Hey, you're a cool person, you kinda have this thing, I appreciate what you're doing, come over and hang with us. And now it's like, if you don't sound like Laserhawk, you are not Synthwave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you hit it. You nailed it. And I, you know, I've, and it's a weird, I suppose for you, it's got to be a weird um, position to be in because, in, in one hand, the community is one of the most like supportive and active communities, but it has also become really rigid. So, how do you balance like your creative freedom? And also, like, hey, I really appreciate the support, but I'm still a person that needs to do different stuff. Yeah, I mean, I just do it. And yeah, yes, with with every uh, chance I take, I know that I run the risk of losing people, but it also opens the door to other people that maybe wouldn't have listened to me previously. So I think this, that's the balance is that uh, – there's just a lot of people with a lot of fucking different wants and opinions. So someone is going to identify with something you do. If you know, you put your, if you put everything into it and you spend the time and you make things sound well, then people are going to pay attention. Uh, mm-hmm. And you, so if I'm not synthwave, then that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Cause you know, the worst thing is silence. Uh, negative yeah. reaction is better than no reaction. Oh, absolutely. I would much rather people <laughs> so, tell me I hate me than just leave. Yeah, that that's great. So let me ask you this then. We're talking about communities and exposure. Would you do you like touring with like non synthwave type folks more, maybe straight metal or another thing versus like maybe being a headliner of like you know doing your own thing? Like headlining's the easiest because you have the stage is yours you don't have to hurry and move um i'd rather i like touring with more um electronic type acts i've done 
several metal tours and they've all just been not because of the people involved, just because of how much in- instrumentation is involved with each band. And, you know, especially like on the Mayhem tour, there's just no room. Um, you're always rushed. You know, you're like on that tour in, in particular, I was, we were sound checking up until doors every day. So, Damn. yeah, I mean, and metal tours are just a little bit, cr- I grew up playing metal. So I'm kind of just over, I don't want to say I'm over that whole scene, but I kind of am. It's a different vibe than like, say, playing with, I don't know, health or someone like that. There's just a, a totally different, it's it's too loose for me at this point. It's too crazy. There's beer everywhere. Yeah. There's fucking, people are, they're just wild. I don't know, now I sound <laughs> old, but um <laughs> No, it's just more chaotic. It's more chaotic. And as an electronic musician, you have a lot of, people don't think so, but you have a lot of moving parts behind the scenes that need to work together. Mm-hmm. And so you need time to set all that up and synchronize everything and make sure it works. So, yeah, the metal tours were, I mean, the Mayhem tour, dude. That was this, probably the dumbest thing I've ever done. That, that, the, heck, <laughs> the heckling on that to tour, tour was Mayhem. real, man. Uh, Mayhem... Well, I met a couple of the guys in Mayhem are really uh, good dudes, and then <laughs> uh, a couple of uh, and the whole everybody on, in Gall's words team they were wonderful, beautiful humans. So it was it was good. It was just <laughs> I don't like black metal fans. Yeah, the, well, they tend to be purists and very elitist. So yeah, and, and, and that's kind of my a problem. lot of other ists. It, yeah, 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 I mean we're getting to Burzum and all those isms and shit yeah yeah uh yeah i mean i agree with you i mean i'll go all right and say it like i'm over metal like i i will listen to the metal records that i like that are old as shit and then that's good enough for me going to a metal show these days is not really my my cuppa so to speak so yeah but it, i don't it's know i like be... to i like to be able to you know have a good time without there being a fucking fight or somebody calling me some weird name or you know what I mean? I, it's just a different yeah. vibe. It, yeah. And I still like new metal. There's a lot of new metal that I like, like gate creeper and a bunch of bands from like the Texas area that I think are doing really cool things. I just, as far as playing goes, I'm much more yeah. into a, um, a calmer environment. You know, <laughs> I have to recall a story right now because you said like spill or drop a drink. I was at a show in this gutter punk dropped his beer on the floor and this was at um triple rock okay yeah and you know like yeah not the cleanest place in the world but this dude dropped his beer and he dropped on all four like his hands and knees and sucked that beer up off the floor and i know know that guy left with hepatitis (laughs) (laughs) that was one of the wildest things that i've seen and i my like 36 year old ass at that point was just like oof that's that's not going to be good in the long run. <laughs> yeah, you're analyzing it. You're like, oh, man. Be like, bro, someone I would have bought you. Someone should uh, check on him. Yeah, I, I would have bought you another $2 tall boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, fucking PBR or whatever. Yeah. Your Coors Banquet oh. wasn't worth getting on your knees <laughs> to suck up off that floor. That's like the first beer I ever like beer bonged was a Coors Banquet. Uh, it, didn't go, it didn't go too well. You know, I would think in in my opinion that that would be an easier one to beer bong. 
Well, it's now, not... I mean, if we're talking about IPAs and all the crazy, yeah, ridiculous shit people drink nowadays. You know, I don't know. I go to Europe and everybody's like, here, this is a light beer. And I'm like, this is a fucking ale. Like, I don't want to taste it. I want to be, <laughs> <laughs> be social, you know? So, yeah, it is an easier beer, I guess, to bong than, say, like, natural ice or something. Oh, right. It needs to be 3% <laughs> alcohol and not 5 Gotcha. <laughs> that was good. That's really good. Choked him up. That's funny. Um. So one of the things I want to get into a little bit is, you know, you've been doing this quite a while. You know, you talked about like how you were introduced by like maybe the first generation of folk, um, but you yourself really are kind of, God, I don't want to sound like a dick, but you're kind of an elder statesman <laughs> no, in cool. in this particular thing. Like, what was your journey into this? I'm really curious. You played a metal, going from metal to like what you did on skull or behemoth those are kind of different those are definitely different things yeah um i live in a smaller area uh, in texas a smaller kind of city and um so everybody that plays in a band here knows everyone and i just kind of gone through everybody that i wanted to play with and um you know uh, my family was growing and i needed to be home more and i was just kind of over the whole thing sharing the creative process with people so I just decided to start, you know, messing around the computer. And I, around that time, Drive had just come out. So it seemed like an extremely possible thing to do because, you know, I love college, but it's super, super simple music. And I think it was actually the outro of Drive, you know, hearing the snare drum on that song. I don't remember the exact song, but I think that's when I pretty much made up my mind. I was like, oh, I'm going to make computer music and i'm gonna go all in that's pretty much it that's awesome and you added your obviously you added your own spin to it like very clearly like did you like have the mindset of like i'm gonna bring over the shit that i like into this thing because i think when you came out there wasn't necessarily we're gonna go sub sub genre here dark synth music per se um so no. it, you're going from like the drive soundtrack to behemoth that's kind of or you know a skull whatever it is like that that's still a pretty big leap is it just you like combining everything that you liked and said oh, this, is, this is what i'm doing no i guess it was more like um uh, perturbator was already doing stuff and um i think early on he reached out to me um and then carpenter brute was also already doing stuff nobody really knew because he yeah wasn't a part of the community and um so i just started talking to those guys and i liked that they were coming from you know more of a horror sensibility as far as the 80s were concerned it just made more sense for me yeah so yeah it just kind of gradually grew with that i mean me and james since he opened the line of con like conversation way back when we've been good friends ever since and he's super open and supportive he's a good dude and so i think that's really my probably more why i gravitated towards the darker elements besides my you know metal past and liking horror music horror movies and all those things so did you feel like um i mean when you made the music and you put it out there because i think you know i know i know a lot of people that make music 
it never gets released into the world. It never gets shared. It, it could be brilliant. It could be bad, whatever it is. But, you know, what made you leap onto the, like, well, I'm going to share this now with the world? I've always kind of been, like, I just, I've always kind of said, fuck it with that. Um, it, you put a lot of work into something, at least for me, I want people to see it. It's the same with, like, when I first started getting tattoos, I didn't get them when they, where they weren't visible. I wanted people to see them. So it's, it's the same way with music or anything that I'm close to. I just throw it out in the world and I deal with the consequences later because, you know, you only have one, one fucking go at this shit. So I hear sitting, that. sitting on your hands, I don't think it does you justice. Indeed. Indeed. That's a good philosophy. It gets me in trouble a lot, but I still agree <laughs> with it. Yeah, same, same. I can't get into Canada. so. Well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's too bad. Canada is missing out. They what does America's hat have a problem with? Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, They're strict, man. Um, so that's really cool, and I think you know it. It seems like it kind of hits on my own feeling because, like, we we had another show before this, uh, and we ended up kind of switching and focusing more towards synthwave uh, folk because of just the. Um, the community and people reaching out like, you know, with you, with Perturbator, reaching out and, and forming those really good relationships. We had the same kind of um, thing with some, a few other people that really helped us and embraced us. And I think that's a really cool thing that I think is like different than the metal scene, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's not it hasn't had time to really become elitist yet. So, I mean, I mean it's all so spread <laughs> out and, and, and there's no real bands. So. I think that kind of helps as well. There's no scene, you know, you can't, you're not, you're not, if you're involved in the local synthwave scene, it's probably a DJ night. So you're not, it hasn't hit that stride yet and hopefully yeah. it won't, but I'm sure it will. Yeah. What I love is that things are popping up in places that you don't expect, you know, because music scenes are always like LA or New York or, you know, Seattle or some, or in, you know, like, um, some, you know, like the big European places cities and such <laughs> yeah european so, cities i yeah. don't know them i can't yeah. think of any yeah yeah my brain is not working um london for instance there, there you go. go uh and it seems like if you want to do a thing you have to go to this and then there's all the gatekeepers and all these these barriers that stop you from but there's not there's music scenes for synth wave or retro we could just say retro influenced electronic music popping up everywhere and that's really interesting because it's like you like helsinki in finland has a very healthy synthwave scene and you're like yeah. helsinki how the fuck do they <laughs> i love you know? helsinki actually it's it is yeah. wild though i mean i you know blood music was, is based out of helsinki so i think that's why that kind of happened that was like the first big show that i ever did with perturbator it was me perturbator dan terminus i think that's awesome yeah, it was. you know this—the saddest moment of of my life in recent memory, last few years, is seeing Dan Terminus in a very small venue and not very many people. And I'm like, this is fucking Dan Terminus. Yeah, and that happens. Uh, on that show is fucking wild, though. It was it, awesome. Yeah, that happens on every tour. I mean, there's always like a Soul Crusher or Ten on every tour. Even on like the Mayhem tour, we'd play to like three thousand people one night, and then sixty in some weird place in the Netherlands or something. So it's just, it's just the way it works. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. I guess I didn't really, 
I, I've never been a touring musician, so I don't I don't know what that lifestyle is like or what you could expect. Dude, that I first man- tour we did with me and uh, Dan Terminus and Perturbator, we played, I want to say Sweden, and there were literally the only people there were the people working at the venue. There's like three people there, no lack. It was awesome. <laughs> they had like out. They like. I think um, we pants Dan Terminus while he was on stage. <laughs> they put porn on a computer and put it up there while I was playing. It was ridiculous. That is great. That's a that's an amazing story. <laughs> so you can make the most of it at least. Yeah. yeah. Well, shit, you're still at least somewhere weird and meeting new people. I think a lot of people take that for granted that are on tour. Like, oh, this isn't a great show. And it's like, yeah, but last night was. And you're still not you know, at home doing something you hate. Right. Me every day of my <laughs> life. So I can, I can appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of wild. You know, you think about that now, like with like that tour versus, you know, like if you would do something now or perturbator does something now, cause I've heard people that have played with like perturbator and they talk about him. Like he pulls up in his tour bus and blah, 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 blah. And like you were there in small nobody there shows with that dude just oh, yeah. hanging out and having yeah. a good time that's that's a really cool it's just a nice i, I gotta imagine it's got to be a nice thing to have yeah it's it's wild to watch it grow um i mean yeah I'm, i think the first time that we got on a tour bus i was like what the fuck is happening <laughs> we were in a van like six months ago so yeah it's pretty wild it was like perturbator like 18 at the time because he's still a young guy guy. i think it was like 22 okay yeah he just turned i want to say like 28 because that's got to be that's a weird because i know that you're a little bit older you're definitely older i know you're older than i'm not going to give out your age i'm 40 i'll be 41 in march okay you gave it out i'm past i mean once i hit 40 what what do i have to be ashamed of you don't give a (laughs) shit that's it you know you know but like that's going to be crazy for a 22 year old that you know to have those experiences and and you you know doing the stuff for a while got to have a different slightly different perspective so um, yeah yeah but he's a he's a pretty level-headed dude i know he kind of always has been he keeps his head above water that's cool i i want to talk about depeche mode for a little bit because i know you're a fan of depeche mode mm. huge fan so tell and i i i feel like i hear it in your music i feel like um some of the song structure some of the melodies um, um come through in that and i just i'm a huge fan of depeche mode i know kyle you're you're a big fan of I, yes i will i will not deny that of course i am. <laughs> okay what's not to like yeah exactly uh, exactly exactly um it's it's really we get three people who love depeche mode in a room i, I that's magic right there i just got a rare which is wild because they're pretty big not in the states i feel like i always got made fun of growing up for liking depeche mode it it, like it was are you gay which i don't get the correlation to that at all and then like why you listen to this pussy ass shit like and that's like the two reactions this pussy is gay for depeche mode that's why (laughs) fucking give me that shit because it's fucking america man we like we like everything hard (laughs) <laughs> no yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean it's definitely like i guess like soft i, I think it's it's music made for people with um so like who are sensitive who are sensitive to other people's 
problems, their own problems. Uh, so yeah, it's not Cannibal Corpse because that shit's completely make believe. Yes, I think but, the, if you if you listen to the Pesh Mode, I think you like to face reality head on, and you know you you know your sadness, and you also know your when you're not sad. You know you're just a little more in touch with things. Uh, it, deep thoughts. As you should be, <laughs> as you should be. But like, I mean, so like, what was your first exposure to Depeche Mode? Um, I guess my brother. Um, he's like eleven years older than me, and when he moved out of my house, he left like two hundred CDs, and Depeche Mode was in there, the Pet Shop Boys. But then, I, like, Big Daddy Kane was in there, and yeah, <laughs> yeah and um, <laughs> okay, suicidal tendencies. But uh, Depeche Mode just. I don't know, it struck, struck a nerve with me. It's funny that you say, like, you're right. I, I completely agree with your statement. But also, there's a there's a darkness and an edge to Depeche Mode that I think, especially, like, if you talk about the Holy Trinity of, you know, if you talk about Black Celebration, Music for the Masses, Violator, and then even Songs of Faith and Devotion, and, and yeah. there's some other stuff that, like, past that, there's, there's a real edge, and I think in an maybe a more subtle like um approach to like maybe darkness of somebody and just with their music like i martin gore i think is one of the greatest songwriters of the 20th century period yeah hands down i mean even their newer stuff i can find tracks that still are you know very expressive there's just something yeah. about their their melody structure I don't know, because it's even the early stuff. It's kind of happy sounding, still has like an oddness to it. It's hard to really pin down. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree with that. There's a weird. I, I don't know, like I don't know if they're trying to be contrary. They're different from all of their contemporary folks of that time, you know. But you'd be at um, Duran Duran or you know, oh. uh, Spandau Ballet, if you will. <laughs> uh, um, there's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? And I, even when like their first record when Vince Clark was part of it, like, yeah, there's, it's kind of silly and, and whatnot, but there's, I don't know, there's, there's something about them that makes them a little bit different, a little bit more, I think, dangerous. Yeah. And I think yeah. in Europe, they get it because they're one of the biggest touring acts of all time. Like, of all time. Like, you look at numbers money wise and they're in the top 10 consistently when touring is a thing that yeah. you can do i did well, and that. i know violator is like one of the highest selling records like opening day wise i believe of all time as well some crazy number they hit on the first day of the album sales for that album and that's just, it's insane and there's still this weird and maybe and i'm just trying to what i'm trying to get at is like it's the same for you where you're at where it is here we're like you got to be a special kind of person that likes Depeche Mode and openly admit to it because, like, they're so, they're definitely pop, but they're not, like, they're the darker kind of pop. But if you're a darker kind of person, then you're supposed to like Cannibal Corpse. Right. And they straddle this weird, like, line where, like, they're dark, but they're not at the same time. Man, it's, like, historical, dude. Like, Europe's old. They've been through more than one civil war most places um been through you know the plague all kinds of shit that they're just they're more relaxed they let themselves experience life more here people like things to be a little more safe and um 
just straight focused. You know, we have this whole rhetoric here of racism and sexism and homophobia that this just really doesn't exist there. I'm not saying those things don't exist there, but it's not this outward like push against counterculture. Yeah, it's just regular culture there. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, it's it's just a part regular, of it. It's just because, you know, their their attitudes towards sex. Because there's something like Depeche Mode straddles this darkness and sexuality. There's something inherently, like, sensual, maybe, about Depeche Mode. Like yeah, goth butts and fishnets. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Where, like, you know, in America, uh, you know, it's like Madonna got away. I, I just think about the shit like it's weird. Yeah, who people we pick weird people to let to let breathe here. It's strange that yeah we have Cannibal <laughs> Corpse, but if you listen to Depeche Mode, you know that, don't be don't be you got to be a man. I don't know. It's a weird. Don't country. have feelings other than hate. <laughs> yeah, we're a pretty religious country. I think that has the main the most to do with it. To be honest, so how. It's interesting because you bring that up a little bit, and, and I think in your music, you subvert a lot of I think um, religious things um, because you use like samples of like choir and hymnal sort of things and turn it dark. Is there a is there like a a rejection, if you will? Where does that come from? Uh, musically, I don't. It doesn't really – I didn't do that on purpose, but I could see what you're saying. Um, that was – I've always kind of used the visual elements uh, as far as where I'm coming from to throw salt in the eye of our um, evangelical Methodist Baptist brothers and sisters because Indeed. of their intolerance and their absolute hypocrisy. It, it's mind-blowing. I mean, now it's even more obvious with everything going on. Uh, right. So it was yeah, fun, and all. now it's not fun. It's like, damn, you guys really do feel that way. It's fucking dangerous now because that motherfucker who you were, like, sort of poking at might shoot you. Yeah, exactly. Now, you know, like, you know, and it's like, you know, you non-Paradisi, you know, like, Paradise Lost. I know that it's a riff on that and in the in a concept album. Um, so love that album. Yeah, it's a great album. Thank it's you. fantastic. They're all great, <laughs> by the way. And I like them all <laughs> for different reasons. You know, like and it's funny because like you've released albums that I didn't initially connect with, but then as I've gone through different parts of my life, I've been able to reconnect to them. And it's weird how music is so personal in that way, because yeah. like, um. You know, like Valediction, it took me a few listens to get into it just because it was a, a mood shift. But then, mm -hmm. like, when I got it, it was like, okay, I get this now. I totally understand the mindset and the vibe, and, and I'm here with you in what you're doing. Um, and so that's been – that's really fun about your music. I like being surprised. And I like the fact that I might not like it right away, but I know that if I give it patience with myself, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with me. Um, that I'm gonna come back around and be like, okay, yeah, this is really, this is really good, some good shit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, we we come from like a little bit of a different time when like you bought a CD, and you liked it eventually because you know you couldn't just delete it. It was like, oh shit, this is my one CD this month, my mm -hmm. one new fucking CD. And now you know music, so you can just throw it away. So I 
feel feel kind of bad for, I guess the first generations being brought up under the internet. It's it's very piecemeal. I feel like you can just only take pick and choose one thing. You don't get absorbed in it. Exactly. Yeah, it's weird. It's such a it's a weird thing. It's so weird because um, vinyl has had a huge resurgence. But I feel it's only had a resurgence amongst mostly people that know what physical media really is and grew up with it. Yeah, like, there's not many young people I know anyway that are like, man, check out my new vinyl. I'm like, not saying I, they don't exist. I'm just saying I, I think you're right. I'm yeah, I, you know, I think like – because if you look at like people like specifically Synthwave, and, and I know – and I'm wrong in this – because there, there are young synthwave listeners and producers out there. But the people that are buying a lot of the vinyl are, are older people in their 30s who've got established income. They're like, you know that shit I couldn't afford in my fucking teens and 20s? I'm getting that shit now. Yeah. There's no fucking way I could have afforded a $30 vinyl in my teens. Like I, no. no. It no, just was... wouldn't have happened. No. You're right. And, now, right. and now I'm like... That's funny, oh. too. You, you, know, you mentioned, like... <laughs> Being in a place where you can, it's like, you know, well, we may not be able to afford our student loans and our mortgage, but we can buy a goddamn record. Goddamn we, right. We made it. We made it. Made it. I will dream. forego my <laughs> student loan payments, and I'm buying these fucking records because if I don't get it when it drops, I won't fucking get it. Yeah. That's a crazy thing where we're in now in that state of the world where, like, Vinyl is the ultimate form of you better like this shit or you're fucked. (laughs) (laughs) And I really like it for that because it's like if you aren't going to listen to this whole thing, if you aren't going to be absorbed in it, if you aren't going to be committed to it, this is a mistake. Yeah, you can't can't just push the skip button. And finding that next track is – I feel like it's pointless. (laughs) Especially if you've had a few beers or something, you're trying to like sketch through a record. You will scratch that shit and you will regret it because you can't replace it. And you know who is really good at releasing albums that you can listen to all the way through without skipping? Appreciate the whole album. I mean, me. It it might be Ghost. (laughs) (laughs) It might be Ghost. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I appreciate serious. I'm deadly serious right now. It's an interesting thing because I think you you do a lot of things that are I think lofty. Well, not lofty. You're thoughtful in what you do. You put a lot of time and consideration. And as a, I, I think it's contrary to modern listening tastes because it's very specific. It's a product to consume and dispose of. A yeah. Spotify listen or whatever it is, it's meant to be consumed and throw away, thrown away. Um, where I think I would dare say that you're more of an album artist. I think you put together a whole package, a whole idea of things and you listen to it all the way through and there's a a through line um that you can appreciate and kind of stew on and we're not in that culture now luckily you're in a scene associated with scene that maybe appreciates album format more um yeah yeah it's yeah it's just a weird weird place to be in and like it's a dueling culture is where like main pop culture is consume as fast and as much as possible and synthwave is like hey let's slow it down let's get into like some different like how it used to be let's release some vinyl sure yeah 
and and really enjoy it that way. So, I mean, in that way, movie ghosts can be considered synthwave a little bit. There you go. I am retro. Yeah. Just not in the way I thought. Yeah. No, it's fine. Actually, I don't mind being someone who writes a better album than one or two singles. Uh, I think that's a, a, a huge problem with modern releases for me, as you were just saying. Like, I very rarely find a record that I can sit through because people just, I don't know. It seems like you focus, you write a couple of good tracks, and the rest is just filler. Maybe that's not done on purpose. I don't know. I just beat myself to death over trying to make every song as good as I can. So maybe that's why. Dude, I feel like a lot happens. of stuff is filter, like filler. You do one good thing, two good things, and then it's just like, okay, well, we got to release something with some more stuff in it, so let's throw some trash together. I'm going to release a, an extended single, essentially. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Because, yeah. like, and I think – and this is not a. I'm. I'm. I need to clarify the statement before it comes out of my mouth because <laughs> I don't want to piss people off. The most, you know, preeminent, predominant, biggest genre of music is hip hop. Like that, they're that it. It is what it is. Yes. Love it or hate it, whatever it is that they are. That's the rock stars of of your etc. And you have a lot of um, artists that are releasing like one track. And yeah. then releasing basically an album around that track, and it's not maybe necessarily as strong as a single, but that single is written by like forty people. Yeah, it's, it is insane to go check out Wikipedia or something on certain albums, certain singles, and yeah, there's like six producers, lots of instrumentalists. I don't know. You're right though. Um, I like a lot of modern hip hop and rap, but it is very much hit or miss. Like uh, Travis Scott guy, he had a good song a couple of years ago that I really liked. So I downloaded the whole record and I just didn't really hear much else that really moved me. And so it is weird. You it, people are shooting for the stars with that one, that one track. But I guess it's working for them because they're all fucking iced out and having a hell of a time while you... we're all just like wearing fucking cut off jeans in the summertime because you can't afford to buy new shorts. No, Be like Lil, Lil Uzi Vert who's got a $22 million pink diamond implanted in his forehead. Oh man, what? I fucking like got in a hole yesterday on Google about that and like read it, where he talked about it. He's been paying on it since 2017. Like what? he leased it. He like leased it. I've leased this diamond in my head. Yeah, it's pretty this awesome. is the first I've heard of this. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah you got are... like a, like a, what do you call those piercings where it's like a like a surface piercing? I guess. Yeah, it's a subdermal implant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, so people keep making like the comparisons to him and the Vision from Marvel. Oh shit! Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. But I've been, I was looking at pictures of it. It just freaks me the fuck out. Like I'm looking at like, and I'm. I got a lot of tattoos. I used to tattoo for a living. I'm used to the, the body modification world. And seeing that big pink diamond in his forehead freaks me the fuck out. I don't know what it is about it. There's something it's about it. It's just awkward, just... man. It doesn't fit. It's not like he's not doing that for any kind of longevity. I mean, if he scrapes his hoodie against it, it's going to be pandemonium. Ow. Ow. Yeah, yeah that's well, all I could think of. that hoodie is going to be torn to shreds. It's a diamond. <laughs> I don't know. If it catches it just right, what if it pulls it out? I don't know how. I can't yeah. say. I don't know how well He's it's just doing that to be extreme. You know, he knows what kind of reaction that's going to elicit. Yeah. 
It's not the best. I wish whatever. I was at a point financially where I could be like, should I get a diamond implanted <laughs> in my head? Yeah, I think we have to face facts that, what is he, like 23 years old? He's made more money like in a year than we will in our whole lives. Whatever. Maybe I should buy some more plants. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Plant daddy. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. a better life for you. We fuck it's with working plants. out well. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, again, it's crazy. And there's this financial, obviously, reward to where we're at with music and consumerism. And, and it's the one thing I will say about, like, synthwave, to me, in a sense, it seems like a rejection of the maybe the consumerism, even though it emulates a highly consumeristic decade, but it kind of rejects some of those more like temporary, like passing fleeting motions and things and says, we want something that has more of that has an emotional impact on us. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, you're right. Uh, I don't know. Um, my kids, like my youngest kid, likes my music, but I think that's just because she likes me a lot. Um, that might, I mean, my maybe. oldest kid really, she doesn't care. She'll, I'll be like, you know, this is pretty good, right? And she's like, whatever, take it or leave it. Like, Dad, stop making me listen to your shit. I'm basically, yeah. <laughs> you know, they get to like be first, like privy to like all the first new masters, at least for like the last five years of their lives. So I'm sure, yeah, they're like, wow, this song again. Like dad, seriously. I have to. I feel like there has to be something like I don't have a kid myself, so I don't really know what's going on. But I feel like your kids. I was a kid once. I'd be like, I don't like anything my parents do because they're not cool. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely my oldest daughter. I, I don't know. I think maybe if I like played a show with like, um, like I don't know if you guys know who Melanie Martinez is or, like Poppy, she'd be like, Oh my God, you're so amazing. But anything else I do, she's like. I know Whatever. who Poppy is. That's about it. Yeah. Well, I know a lot of younger artists because of her. Um, most of it's pretty bad, but uh, maybe that's <laughs> just because I'm old. You know, kudos to you for knowing and exploring that. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I'm interested in what people are doing. I think I always will be. Uh, it's strange to me how people do kind of plateau artistically, even if you you know you're not an artist, just what you listen to or what you absorb. Um, people will plateau in high school and they'll just stick with that shit. And I still listen to stuff I listened to in high school, kind of rarely, but I like newer music and, and ever, how it's all, like, ever evolving. Um, I think I always will. I got a question for you then, because here's an interest. I, I have a thought and I'm wondering if you share this thought. So synthwave as, as a genre is heavily based on nostalgia. Do you think that people are driven to like that because it kind of like recaptures the thing that they liked when they're young, but then just repackages it. So it's new, but not necessarily new. Like yeah. it doesn't take necessarily risks per se as an, for the individual listener. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I would say some listeners for sure. Um, you know, but like you said earlier, there are younger people. I have plenty. I have a lot of fans that are, you know, just, out of high school or in high school i've had parents bring their children to my shows because they're fans it's it's awesome you know, it's all over the place um yeah i mean i definitely for some of us that's what dr draws me to it 
it's weird too because you know I, I meet a lot of people different musicians of bands that i like and a lot of times after i meet them it's not that i don't like their music anymore or or they're bad people i just it kind of loses its luster but you know all the synthwave guys like perturbator and, and carbon brute you know if they show me new music i i usually spend time with it so you know maybe i fall into that category that i like i like it because it is a bit nostalgic I feel attacked right now. <laughs> Why do you feel attacked? Because now it's like I have to question my feelings about like nah. the music that I listen to. It's just like, oh shit, am I, am I being called out? Because you know, it it is it's a thing. It's a proven fact that like after you get out of high school, you don't really explore new kinds of music. Mm-hmm. You don't look for new things. Yet here I am looking for new things, but maybe I'm only looking for these new things because they bring about the feelings that I had from that time. No, that's not the only reason. We're going to, it's, man, I still think a lot of the music that's come out of Synthwave is, is pretty, um, it's, it's pretty game changing. It's, it's found its way into like popular music, um, you know, like The Weeknd working with uh, Daft Punk, you know, they released some pretty synth-wavy sounding shit to me, and they didn't make that up. They definitely heard it. Oh, I know, was it Lady Gaga stole the Dance with the Dead track, even though they said she didn't, but she actually did? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious. It's the same. Well, my producer who brought it to me said that he wrote it, so he did, it's definitely not influenced by him. Yeah, yeah. I think, Uh, so I don't (laughs) think, I think, yeah, there's an element to being comfortable with, it's for us, older folk uh, being comfortable <laughs> with synthwave because it is nostalgic but it's still it is different i mean there's nothing even like you know miami nights laser hawk there's nothing from the 80s that sounds like that it's just kind of is it the funny thing i think let me ask you this because i have my opinions of it what what do you think other like other than the obvious like they use this synthesizer from this year that happens to be in this decade or this thing from John Carpenter. What do you think is pulled the most from that decade? That I don't know, man. It's kind of hard to say. Probably the arpeggio, to be honest, man. I I would say that's true. It's pretty prevalent in all of the synthwave type music. There's art. There's a good art on, you know, nearly any good record, whether it's, you know, stuff more like what I do and the other dark synth dudes or even the poppy stuff. The, the arpeggio is super important to electronic music. Daft Punk, you know, they use the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. So. It's funny, you say this and someone else who is on the complete opposite spectrum of synthwave music has also said the exact same thing. So it's an interesting through line. Who was it? Uh, Dana Jean Phoenix, who is into, oh, yeah, who does like her. retro funk, like that's her thing. I've worked with her before. Long See? time ago. Yeah, she's great. We yeah, love she's, her. She's a sweetheart. Wait, what? What? So hold on. I didn't catch this. You worked <laughs> with Dana Jean Phoenix? <laughs> yeah, she did. Because so you know that song "Cursed" on Skull. She did yeah. a vocal version. Uh, it's probably on YouTube. I don't know. I'm gonna fucking talk to her. What? <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was, that was probably I guess five years ago now. So, um, so <clears throat> that's amazing. Yeah. Okay, I I'm gonna find this. 
that's just the way it is. Uh, I, we're digging deep here. I like this. We're finding <laughs> out new things. This is perfect. Because I feel like uh-huh. I know a lot about ghosts and music. So the fact that I missed I this. feel like I know a lot about ghosts music. Well, I so think catch- it goes back to the when we all hung out on that Synthetics Facebook page. We were all much more connected. And it was, you know, like now the Midnight and Gunship they have their tours and their shows and we have ours and it's completely separate. If this had happened back then, we probably all would have been touring together. You know what I want to see? I want to see a collaboration between Dana Jean Phoenix and Ghost. It's already happened, bro. But like an album. She just did a thing with Power oh, Nerd. A full, a full record. Just do a full fucking thing. I'll just whip that up. I, I'm sh- yeah, just do it. Just get it done. I got pre-programmed beats. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's really cool. Uh, you know, you talk about like working with her, and I think that brings up a, a thing with your music now, where you are the you are the vocalist of your own stuff now, and fucking good for you. Yes, yes, <laughs> it's great. It's great. I love it, and I really I so I just want to say, your vocals are great. I love your vocal tracks, oh, and yeah. keep doing it. Keep doing it. Yeah, and I but, always you know. I've always been drawn to to like you know like Dave Gaunt of Depeche Mode and yeah Chino of Deftones, a good frontman. I always wanted to have some sort of vocal capacity, and it just took me a long time to kind of find the groove. And I think when you hear the new record, it's I've hit my stride a little bit more than any time previously, in my opinion. So it's crazy because like I think Valediction, like I I feel like you found it on that record like i i think like vocally you just feel really confident it's very similar own. it's very similar that was you know though i worked with another producer so i'm a bit of a control freak when it comes to my music so that whole record feels unsure to me because i let go of a lot of control okay all right but but it, it vocally yeah it's it's very similar vocally the newer stuff yeah because i think you do you do some crooning you do some crooning, you do some like screeching, you do some howling. Like I think it's a a pretty varied. Do some stuff that makes my pants tight. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know. I I've got I've got a few stories to tell. Okay. So I'm gonna put one in right now. Okay. Like, so I got a newish car not too long ago, and like in this car it has an infotainment center. Indeed. That is like woefully out of date when it came out. <laughs> so there's some problems with it. So it's like I load up stuff on my phone and I play it, and it's like Bloody Roses is on there. Okay. And all right, all right. sometimes it plays it two times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> and every time that happens, I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm going to listen to this again. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know if it's maybe because there's a problem with the ancient OS infotainment thing in my car where it just fucking knows what I want. <laughs> it's, it's funny just how like, you remember like when, me. like, um, what was it? Like when, when Pandora first came out and you pick a station and it like seemed to know you and your inner thoughts. I don't really listen to Pandora much anymore, but I remember it was the same kind of thing. It would play like, three cure songs in a row and i'd be like oh, all right fuck it yeah 
let's just, <laughs> let's do this. Let's do the whole record. That. Yeah. But yeah. like in my mind, every time it's like, yeah, I'll fucking listen to this again. I will not skip this. Please play this twice <laughs> in a row. Right on. Is there um, I mean, it seems like you've got a pretty wide um range of tastes in in music. What gets you excited these days? You say you're you're looking for new things. What's like a new thing to you that like excites you? Oh, there's a band called um, I think uh, I don't know if they're French, but I think they may be. They're called um, fair. Let me remember. Uh, Moan Exis. It's like M O A N N E X I S, and um, it's like it's pretty industrial sounding, but almost like has like some Lorne, you know, L O R N. You know that artist. Mm-hmm. It's got yes. some like that kind of element to it as well. Uh, Mm. I've been listening to that a lot. They just released a new new album last year, and uh, the new Perturbator, shamelessly, it's pretty good. I've been listening well, to that. Well, lucky for you that you get access to that. <laughs> yeah, it's um, and then um, I don't know. I always like what that band Death Heaven does. I think maybe part of that's that they rub everyone the wrong way um, <laughs> in metal. <laughs> You know they're kind of like softies. They like the, you know, it's it's thoughtful metal, I guess. And but anything they do, I usually pay attention to. Uh, but I've been I've been really focused on the new album, so nothing's really getting me going right now. I've been kind of yeah. I, by the time I get close to finishing a record, I'm kind of just over music, and I need like a couple months to decompress and let like forget about what i've been writing before i can like start enjoying other shit because usually when i'm writing i'll hear something i like and i'm like let me compare it to my song and see if the mastering's you know like so i don't really so enjoy do you, anything so do you i mean that that's really funny so do you really like as the producer you're you're comparing snares to other people oh absolutely constantly i mean it's gotten to the point now where i can tell you what vst people are using half the time or you know if that's an an f like an fl hi-hat or a snare because i'm just so immersed in it all the time so i I have a funny story with fl so fl was the first program that i ever used to make electronic music um and it was still fruity loops at the time yeah still must have been always fruity loops always fruity but you know they abbreviated (laughs) it to not sound so like Fruity. fruity yeah yeah and the first song that i had like when i'm like i'm going to make electronic music and that's the thing that i want to do um i remade kylie minogue's can't get you out of my head that's a jam in fruity loops like that was the thing that taught me how to use fruity loops there you go and so yeah, i just got- listened to that song over and over and over and over again until like i got it yeah well i mean I think everybody's first experience with electronic music making was F- was Fruity Loops. I remember it was it's it was a joke, and people still say it's a joke, even though, I mean, a lot of modern musicians use it. Uh, well, yeah, because it's, it's a proper it's a proper program now, and if it gets you to where you need to go, then who gives a shit? Exactly. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's really f- so. Yeah, you. It's funny that you can tell the you know the the production like dirty secrets if you will of like vsts versus you know what program they're used do you have a 
a preference? Do you like to work like on analog stuff? Do you primarily do stuff in VSTs? Like, I'm like a hundred percent VST. I have some analog gear, but there's just something about like I can't get the compression out of like analog gear that I want, um, like without like just burying it um, with like a VST. Compression's already there. It's already been programmed to work with the system. So I, did, I don't know. It just makes more sense to me workflow-wise. I'm not into, like, moving a bunch of fucking cables around and trying things out. I want to get the to the sound quickly as I'm writing. It's like what on Valediction, we reamped a lot of the the synths, like some of the bass synths. The producer I worked with, um, he would run out of the system into a guitar amp head and then we would mic that and it was cool to watch him do that but the whole time i was like man i'm glad this isn't my fucking job right now (laughs) (laughs) that seems really cool and really excessive at the same time it was very excessive it was insane it went and it was a really nice studio and i think it's like right outside of london and it was my manager's idea um and you know we'd be just sitting there with like my bass synth because you have to lit like the whole song re-record the reamp so it's just running through like an eight by ten you know cabinet and it's just in the next room just like just like blaring (laughs) so yeah it was it was monotonous but uh it was cool it yielded good results i wish i had the uh the headspace to be that patient and fuck with stuff like that but i don't (laughs) (laughs) so you're not it, you're not necessarily an engineer, but you know your shit enough. Uh, yeah, I would say I'm an engineer, but it's just, I'm not, I mean, I could record a band. I just, I don't know. When it comes to the way I work within my, my, my project, I like it to be super fast and to flow really well, which if everything's kept in the box, then it's just always at my fingertips. So do you like st- is there a ghost kit, so to speak, like you open up and like these are my default sounds that I'm going to start working with and then I'm going to expand from there? Or do you like still I, like search for new shit? I used to have like some things that I kind of stuck with, but um, as I've gotten better at engineering and production, I can make the sounds that I want with, you know, whatever's in the program. Like, um, I, I used to use like Razor and Massive for my heavy bass, but now I just use the Citrus VST that comes with FL Studio. So, um, like I used to have drum samples that I'd use, but now I can sculpt things to the way I want them. So, no, now I don't really have a favorite VST. I mean, every, I guess like for choirs, there's, um, I don't remember what it's called, like CSQ. It's free, it's a free VST, but it's, it really nails the the choir sound. But other than that, everything's really just kind of made from a basic VST. That's awesome. And I think, like, I hope that people listen to it and, and really get the sense that, like, you don't have to have the most expensive thing that or a particular product or whatever it is. You just have to have the creativity and the patience patience man that's that's the key uh to create the stuff you know to you know i think you know like you're established 
you are not you know you're not starting out you people know you you you're pretty well known so talk about you know hearing you talk about your workflow and what you do like you don't have to have the uh, you know super expensive thing and be in a studio and and do all those stuff like sure it's a nice to maybe experiment with or do once or whatever yeah but if you got the creativity and you've got the patience and the willpower to do it you can do what you need to do on and relatively inexpensive stuff yeah you can i mean it's totally possible to do a full release on a laptop now um i mean that doesn't take away from being in a, a sound room with a band and you know bouncing creative ideas off each other i think the human element is still very important but yeah computing has gotten so it won't be long man you'll be able to make a, an album on your phone which oh, sounds sure. silly but i mean the i think um the video for um uh what's it called the first one i released on valediction anyway um the guy shot that on an iphone so oh, it's, a, it's a new world you can do anything with nothing it's crazy that is crazy uh, when can we expect your new record and who's releasing it? Cause I know that it, you, you're, you're kind of a part of a, a really big heritage of blood music and knowing that blood music is kind of winding down. You, you're on century. You, you released valediction on century media. Yes. Um, are you going to skull? skull and I think skull. skull is right. Yeah. They uh, bought the um, release rights for the, for skull for oh man, there's like three EPs. They're supposed to release them all physically and then do a box set of all of them, um, which I need to fucking ask them about. Because yes, you need to. Uh, yeah, I was gonna ask you about that. That was one of my main points that I wanted to bring up. Was yeah, that so that's they own the rights to that. So and it's that's why they own the rights. So I need to get with them on that. But um, Century's doing this this album as well. Anyway, I had like a hiccup. Or like when the pandemic first hit, the label was like dropping people, and they like Fuck. Dro they dropped me, and we were talking with like Metal Blade and other record labels, and then uh, my manager sent my representative at Century the new album, and she was like, oh, "Okay, never mind, we want to keep it." So, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. So crisis averted. I don't know. I do like the people at Century. Uh, they've they've also been going through a lot of changes. I think the pandemic really just kind of fucked up everything. For yeah, I mean, everyone. fucked up everybody. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's really exciting news because, again, Khan and I were talking about like your other EPs um, getting physical releases and we're vinyl boys. So, you know, I between both Khan and I have everything you've ever released on vinyl. Right on. So. Yeah, I think um, it's going to be like Skull, the self-titled EP, and man, blanking on my own music. I know there's a third one, and then they're going to release Kyle, those separately what, and then box them. S ST? Yeah, ST. I, I need that in my life so fucking bad. <laughs> so bad. That was, that was one of the things Eric and I were talking about. Like, what do we want to talk about? And I was like, I need to know when ST is going to be on vinyl. <laughs> yes. I think it's the next one of the EPs. It's weird working around release schedules. I think the new album will be out like I think late August is what we're shooting for. And there'll be three singles out before then. 
That's exciting. Well, off three singles. I'm excited I'm to hear those. Ready for it. Yes. Oh. There's an acoustic and, track on this record. Well, it's like half acoustic. I'm, it's it's pretty. I'm it's a pretty. It, it's a pretty. There's a lot more guitar on this. Well, there there is guitar for the first time on this album, and a lot of it. So. That's amazing. Yeah, it should be interesting. Yeah, I yeah I you know again I'm you know I like David Bowie. I like um, a lot of artists who like are unpredictable. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that I've kind of mentioned before in this interview is that each album is a progression and kind of highlights different influences or, you know, like genres. And I've really appreciated about your releases. And it's funny because, like, I was watching, I forget what the video is. What's the video where you bring back the, the character who's got the skull mask on killing people? Dread, dreadfully pious, maybe? Yes. Yeah. That and was, I was a fan video. Some dudes from South America were just like, let us make this. And I was like, okay. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but on the Century Media link, they were complaining. He's like, who the fuck is the Synthwave guy? Why is he on Century Media? And I just was laughing my ass off. Yeah, everything um, I release gets that, like, soy boy comment bullshit, whatever. <laughs> like, say it uh, to how, my face. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm like, how are you – I, you know, I just like, this is not really, it's more maybe Depeche Mode-ish, dark, but not synthwave per se. Um, so it's know. fun. And I like, I like the fact that you piss people off. Good that music. I, that I, he has good music. Yeah, you do good yeah, stuff. I like, I like to, uh, I like to bother people a little bit. I like to take people out of their comfort zone. I think people I, need to be. Um, I, you know what? You put me in my comfort zone. <laughs> If, like, if you guys don't mind, I'd like to talk about myself right now. Like, oh, go ahead. I, I want to be really selfish. Okay. At this Do point it. In time. We all deserve We're it. ghosts, but go ahead. And previous shows we've had, people have heard me talk about it. it there's no secret that you are my preferred artist. Mm. Right and... I kind of attribute you to my reinvigoration with being interested in music. And, you know, I'm an old boy, too. I'm 39, <laughs> I'm 39 years old. Like, I'm go. old. We, we could have gone to school together. And, and, yeah, it's, you know, and it's like I keep going back to the thing where the study says that people don't search for new music after they get out of high school. And it's just like. I can pinpoint an exact time when I know that I was completely and totally reinvigorated with looking for new music. And the story goes like, I went to see one of my friends in San Francisco. He was listening to a certain band. And when I came back here to Minnesota, I asked one of my like best friends who also works at a record store. I was like, Hey, my buddy out here was listening to this music. I want to buy him a, a few vinyl records or like at least get him something to to be like a thank you for letting right. me come out and have a good time with you. And he's like, oh, you should check out um, two artists he gave me. One was you. He was like, you should check out Ghost and you should check out Calm Trues. Oh, yeah. So I checked out both and like. I heard Skull and ST because that was the time that it was around. And my life was completely changed. 
Oh, that's amazing, dude. It's like, like I heard, as fuck. I heard these albums and I was like, holy fuck. What have, what a, what have I been doing with my life? And B, how did I not know about this going on? Like this sound, this type of thing. And how could this be so totally focused towards uh, like the interests that I have, what I want and what I like. And ever since, like my interest in music has gone through the roof. Like I am constantly on the look for new artists. Like I am back into music. I'm not being that like shitty person who was like, I will only listen to like ludicrous because that's what came out when I was in high school (laughs) and that's what I was about. And and, like, (laughs) I won't lie. That's a thing. Like I used to be a huge hip hop head when I was growing up. Give me a break. That shit was fire. It's just looking back. It didn't age. Didn't age that well. (laughs) <laughs> that, well you know yeah. but you know what thanks for being with me on that like i really appreciate <laughs> that like Fuck that man Everybody you know was, when i was I growing up see hammy i had hammer pants bro like i was into it i like to tell but do you do you want to do you want to tell them the story when we saw saw it oh of course i've been waiting for this fucking moment <laughs> i've been waiting for this moment so show was announced you and perturbator playing in minneapolis okay this is the ultimate this is the ultimate show for me this is the most important show that's ever been played that i can go see in my life i am so over the fucking moon that this is gonna happen and there's that and because we get concert exclusive access to new model and skull Yes, we get vinyl. to we get to buy this vinyl, and you know, big vinyl boys, mm-hmm. we get to go we get to go do. Oh, this. that was a good tour. It was, from what I remember, it was <laughs> a good show. So, so here we go down this path. So, so Eric and I know this show's coming. We get our tickets. We're ready. The night of, we go out. We get our other friend, Chris who you heard on the interview with Cody Carpenter, because he had to fill in for me because I got too drunk the night before (laughs) and I was way too uh, hungover to do. We get ready. We go for this. We go to our favorite bar beforehand because we're like, we're fucking doing this tonight. got a pregame. We're we're having the most exciting night of our lives at this point. Our 30-plus-year-old lives. This is, this is it. This is the hey most man, important thing. There's plenty thing. of excitement for us old people, too. It's like it doesn't, get, it doesn't get much better than this. So we go to this specific bar that has a lot of whiskeys. Eric and I are huge whiskey fans. We have the most exclusive of exclusive whiskeys. Yeah, we spent some money. B- beforehand. We get to the show. Things start happening. You are on stage. You are fucking ripping shit up. Ripping it up. They only have beer at the show. For me personally, like, I can't handle beers. Like, I'm more of a whiskey person. I have to have hard liquors. (laughs) So there's always this danger where, like, I have beers and things go bad. (laughs) You start with whiskey, yeah. I mean, (laughs) and it's not good to mix things quote-unquote i know these dangers you know the rules you're old enough to know better 
I'm old enough to know better, but this is the this is technically the greatest night of my life. We keep going. Yeah. I keep going at least. You do, yeah. <laughs> I'm having a good time. I sort of remember most of what you play. <laughs> I know, because I'm just like, this is fucking it. This is the person. Perturbator's on. Starts playing stuff from New Model. I, I, the last thing I remember doing is handing my New Model and Skull Vinyl to Chris. Giving it to him. Going into the pit. And I don't remember a thing after that. <laughs> it's called blacking out. That's what you did. Nice. Apparently, that's called blacking out. But that was when Pert was playing. So I remember sort of most of what you played <laughs> when you were here. And it was fucking great. It was so good. Yeah, and this is this is pre-valediction. So this is when you're, yeah. you just brought the live uh, bassist on and you were singing more and so it was like that weird it was that, that transition you weren't doing skull mask and so yeah it was really a, an exciting time to see ghost live yeah that's cool that was a fun tour um i don't think uh the perturbator crew were, were like they thought it sucked because they kept having like technical issues but like the whole time i was just like man this is a breeze because we had like it was just us i mean you know if there was an opener, then we could still take our time with getting ready. And, you know, we were on their bus, so it was just easy. And those are some of my best friends in the world. So it was a hugely positive experience for me. It was a hugely positive experience for me. Like From what you remember. From yeah. what I remember. And, oh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of the best moments in my life and one of the biggest regrets in my life. <laughs> oh. I uh, I was out till midnight, and I had to get up the next morning at three thirty in the morning to go to Jesus. work. Jesus, it was uh, totally <laughs> worth it, of course. Yeah, it was worth it. So, well, needless probably. to say, I didn't get any sleep. That's basically probably because you were too fucking high on life because it was so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a great show. It was really, and I think you know, it's amazing. I think their turnout was really pretty decent. I wish that you would have played like. Um, First Avenue main stage, I think. Yeah, we wish you could have played at a better venue than the, the weird. Like, what was the venue really, called? Uh, Skyway. The Skyway okay. Theater. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. like, they have multiple different floors with different size stages, and I don't think they really had you on the best stage there that you could have been on. Right on. Yeah, yeah. Th- it was um, like Perturbator and Brute are really in like this this in-between phase of like playing venues and playing like, you know, not arenas, but you know, the bigger venues that they have that aren't clubs. And so it's like this weird growing pain that, you know, they may never reach the next spot. So each tour is like weird, you know, like we'll play an incredible venue one night and then an oddly shitty gross venue the next night. So, (laughs) Yeah, that that was a fun tour, and I I remember the name of the venue, but I'm, and I was pretty sober on that tour, but I don't particularly remember that night. You probably had Fair. to go up an elevator to like a fifth floor of okay. some weird place, and you were just I do remember you were confused and you're like what what the, where the fuck am I? 
I think it was cold too. It was like, was it April? I feel like it was cold. Yeah. It was yeah. about ish March, this time. April, yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. It like where we're at this time of year sucks ass. So, like, <laughs> you know, being from Texas, like you're you're probably like I fucking hate every moment. I'm an original Texas boy. No, I like the cold, man. I have like so many great jackets that I don't get to wear here. Well, I know that's a please a come visit us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I yeed my last ha over thirty years ago. So like, come on up. <laughs> I don't blame you, man. It is weird here, surrounded by the enemy. <laughs> right? It's yeah, it's a weird place. That's gonna be an interesting juxtaposition for yourself, um, because like, again, just fo- if you if you look at the the dialogue and the and what you raise in your music versus where you live that clearly you strike a different path than texas texas literally right now there are trying to pass a law that citizens can vote on seceding from the union that's, that's where you're at well i'm leaving if that right happens because uh, that won't go well for anyone here all fucking no. morons <laughs> <laughs> so i mean that's it's a really interesting thing it, you know for you like who you are as a person and, and where you're at. And, and obviously you can't home is home. And unfortunately you, you don't always get we're attached. We're you... attached. Uh, my wife built a career before ghosts became anything. And so, yeah, we're pretty attached. If something happened where I made more money eventually, I mean, we're fighting on if we live in LA or New York and I don't know. I like LA. She likes New York. So, yeah, I, mean, I don't I think I don't think like... either is ever gonna happen. But uh, if it did, that's sure. probably one of the two places we'd end up. At least, uh, I I don't know. I could live on the East Coast, just not in the city. But uh, I mean, there's so much. I hear you. There's so much in that area. You know, fucking Baltimore, Boston. It's all right there. But yeah, it is Basically, weird. It is weird living yeah. here. Anywhere out on the East Coast, it's just like a quick train ride. Yeah, and you're someplace. Exactly. That's true. And like anywhere on a eight hour car ride in traffic in LA, you saw <laughs> Yeah, the traffic is a bummer, man. It is. But I probably I'm kind of like a I'm a bit of a shut in. I like to go places, but when I do I only hang out with the people I'm with. I don't talk to strangers, they freak me out. So a hundred percent me I, right there. <laughs> so I probably would have like my little area no matter where I live, so it wouldn't be I wouldn't be driving down fucking the highways in LA or 95 on the East coast. Like, fuck that highway. <laughs> uh, so I want to talk about your involvement w- with the rise of the sense documentary. So we've had Ivan on, we've had dance of the dead on, we've had you know other people involved with that documentary. And it's interesting. Cause I feel like it was filmed in a weird transition for you where you were, you were <laughs> out of the ghost mask you were into the hooded stuff, yeah. But it's obviously like I feel like you're more comfortable be just being you now. Like you're just you, as opposed yeah, to being yeah. a character. Yeah. Well, I mean, the music's changed so much from the beginning. Um, I have to, I can't wear a mask now. It just wouldn't work. But I keep interrupting you. I think you were about to talk about. You look that... too good for a mask. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> Um, 
I don't know. It's kind of freaky. Like I'm actually about to show my most of my face on the new album, so uh, it feels like I'm not wearing a seatbelt. You know what I mean? And so yeah, see how it goes. I know there's well, gonna yeah. be a lot of people that are like, "Man, you lost me after you took the skull off." It's just like, okay, well, that was like four years ago, but whatever. I feel like you did a thing. And everyone's fucking copying, you know. There's there are certain artists. I'm not going to name names, but they're fucking stealing yeah. straight from you, as yeah. far as the ghost, the skull mask goes. And I feel like you abandon it at the exact right time. Yeah, I, well, I just didn't. For, I mean, I've seen some of that. I think that is like a, I, like a, it's a form of flattery in my opinion. But um, as far as people ripping off anything that I did, it's crazy that anybody would want to steal from little old me but um uh i just yeah i just didn't want to be attached to it i and i got with the name i got too many fucking assholes that are into that other band ghost which i don't think you know i'm not saying anything about the band or anything but they just started to get like closer and closer together and like i almost toured with them and I think that's probably why it didn't happen. So that would have been like how weird would that have been? He's ghost and ghost. <laughs> exactly, man. That's a marketing <laughs> fucking. There's something there, like a fucking title bout. Of course they win because they have like seven trucks they tour with. But whatever. Uh, I'm really curious. I because I, I've fallen out of extreme metal, and I, I know like I've listened to like the other ghosts' music, and I know that like. He has the juxtaposition of like really clean, like almost operatic vocals next to like death metal or sorry, you know, black metal. But like I, I don't really necessarily get the allure. Like I, I, it, I think it's digestible. It's um, you can listen to that shit with your kids. It's not gonna. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like almost pop. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't even know. I honestly, when I when I started this, I didn't think they were gonna be huge. Uh, why would I? They were like a doom band, and so I was like, "Fuck it, they'll be gone in three, four years. That doesn't last." And then, for whatever reason, he just jetted off into you know. I guess he saw what was getting a reaction out of people, and he just ran with that shit. And it's phenomenal what he's been able to accomplish. But here's what I'll say: I appreciate about you versus the other one. You don't wholesale rip off people's nostalgia, because if you look at a lot of like the the artwork, it 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 takes from classic horror movies. It takes from other elements that are like, it's just here's the thing, but like Papa Emeritus instead of the thing, yeah, yeah, Nosferatu or whatever, and like you've always been just you. Yeah, I just, I think that's why I'm kind of showing more of myself it's gotten more difficult to separate myself from the project because i've always put a lot of myself into it but the more vocal it gets the more instrumentation is involved the more i'm actually i don't know getting back to being in a band the the less the i don't want the distance that the mask created it which it absolutely did there was no personal interaction when i had the mask on so which was comforting because now I have to fucking look at people, which is not comforting all the time. Like yeah, I, a la the Mayhem that. tour. That was a little strange looking at people that were really pissed. 
that I was playing quote unquote <laughs> Nintendo music. Oh. Nintendo what? Yeah, man. <laughs> I've not heard Dude, that. there was so uh, there was a kid one night that went like had headphones on in the front row, like listening to his own music, like outwardly trying to piss me off. Uh, like doing people like flipping me off. I mean, I've never spit on anyone in my life, but I spit on so many people on that tour. <laughs> As you should have. Yeah, what the actual go. fuck? Yeah, it was. It was that was the most fun for me because by the end of it, I was like, oh well, you're getting one of these guys. <laughs> I've saved this up for you. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you are the you are the prime objective tonight. You're getting it. It's weird too because the reaction was always the same. It was like they looked like. Who opened I, their mouth and were, were ready for it? They were That's just who like, I wanted no to one, unfortunately. But they were like more like <laughs> they were more like uh, appalled. Like, I cannot believe he just did that. And it's like, wait a minute, man! You were just double fist flipping me off, like screaming at me, and now you look like I just shit in your cereal. <laughs> like, I guess you I kinda did. My word, my word, <laughs> my <laughs> word. <laughs> oh my sensibilities here! All of a sudden. It's too black metal. It's too black metal. That's awesome. All right. Well, I, you know, I just got to say that I'm really excited about what you're going to release next. And I, and I, I don't know what to anticipate. And that's what's exciting about it. Um, you say that it's a mixture of, of everything you've, you've ever done. Which I know. I know I'm going to love it, whatever it is. <laughs> I know. Don't speak too soon, yeah. man. Don't? Yeah. Maybe, I mean, I've, maybe I've seen better days. That's that'd be a tough thing to say. <laughs> so, like I said, like from what I said earlier, this journey that I've been on now has completely been along the lines of what you've been doing. So I'm ready I for it. I, I don't feel like I'm taking less chances or anything like that. So it's not going to be boring or anything like that. I couldn't imagine that it would be. It's. Is what it is. It I'm is, ready for it. It's what it is. In the famous words of the man who will not be named ever again, it is what it is. I love being home, but I guess when it's taken away that I can't just go to a bar or something, it feels like it can get suffocating. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I'm I appreciate mean, you guys. And, and I feel that too. Like, I love going out to bars and I love drinking that's <laughs> that's no secret but i also really really love just sitting at home yeah and doing my own thing maybe i, I can have know. a party by myself i hate when people are like you can't drink alone i'm like what are you insane that's the best time to drink uh, how that, do you that not drink alone that's the best time to do it especially with you know the amount of entertainment at our fingertips and i get it like I've I've gone to so many live shows during the pandemic on YouTube. It's been sick. <laughs> Please let me get drunk by myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Right on. All right, Kyle. What what else do you have to talk about with James while we've got him on the uh, I I love you. No. Nope. You're <laughs> my favorite artist that there is right now. I'm not that's not an exaggeration at all. Like, this is the most important interview probably that I will ever do. Uh, I don't know. About wow. Good man. And, like, this is it. This is it for me. Like, if I never made another show again right now, I'd be fine. This 
is the the pinnacle, the plateau of anything that I could do right now. And this is like 80, 88 shows in. Oh, right on. That's cool. I didn't know. You, how long have you guys been doing it now? We've been doing it this for like three years. Okay, right on. I love to look at some of the other stuff. Yeah, so uh, we had a previous show that was just dedicated to whiskey and then some interesting shit. Like whiskey and pop culture. Oh, okay. That kind of thing. And then then we gravitated more and more towards uh, Synthwave. So we were, you know, we've had a wide plethora of of guests on, which I feel like we've gotten away from since we've done this iteration of the show. Um, but we, you know, we interviewed anyone that we thought was interesting and just went there. So if it's a film director from local community or, a, okay. you know, whatever, we just interviewed them. So, uh, yeah, we, there's a lot of content for people that are listening. Right on, you yeah. can binge. I'll check it out. I mean, there's, I'm always on. Well, hopefully I'll be on the road again sometime. And I listen to mostly podcasts when I'm on tour. Seems to pass. Well, time. sir. We we I, got some shit, but it may not be great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't promise quality of content. I just promise that there's about two hundred hours. Content. Yeah, about two hundred hours of us yakking on the internet. That'll probably work. And it's Eric asking the important questions and me saying the dumb shit. Talk about pickles. <laughs> My favorite thing is we had makeup and vanity set it on. I don't know if you you know who that is. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had a half an hour conversation with him about taco bell that was one of my favorite conversations ever because we were just like yeah we love taco bell (laughs) like what's it like you're touring you're a vegetarian like taco bell was your thing but you can't get potatoes there anymore so it's (laughs) fucked up now they brought them back bro but they're coming back they're i don't know are they back now are they coming i think they're coming back and they're supposed to be bringing um the old uh beyond beef beyond meat whatever Oh, yeah, like dude, I'm about mm, that. Like, I'm give me the I'm potatoes. Into, I'm vegan, so uh, touring's uh, it, fucking interesting for me. It's either really expensive I, or I don't really, eat. Oh, it's tough. I I'm sure it's so fucking tough. Russia, I, uh, Russia is French fries. That's it. Wow. They're like, you don't want that meat, sense, meat with potatoes. your French fries. <laughs> like, no, man. Just some. You got a leaf. <laughs> not not in <laughs> Russia. Not in Russia. <laughs> you have vodka. And potatoes. Uh, and it's yeah. the same thing. It's, yeah, that's it. Like, it's potato or potato. You're either <laughs> drinking it or you're eating it. That's I have it. so many Russian stories, man, just from being there, like, twice. Very interesting. Give story. us one. Give us Give one me. Russia story. All right, so first time I went was with uh, Tony and Justin from Dance with the Dead. And yep. I think it was the first time either of us had done anything like that. So, you know, 13-hour flight, we were like, what the fuck are we doing? So we get there, and the people that are throwing the show have this Americanized bar in, like, downtown St. Petersburg. It's called the Rockstar Cafe. So we go, and I'm outside drinking whiskey and smoking with this Russian couple. And I was like, so, you know, is it true that you guys, like, mainly drink vodka? And she was like, no, no, we drink whiskey and beer and i was like oh just like texas and she was like no 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 motherfucker nothing like texas and i was like oh shit i hit a fucking nerve and i was just like sinking into myself in the fucking frigid air and i have like one of my fans got arrested there for wearing one of the upside down cross shirts oh shit pretty interesting arrested oh man he was like it was after the show he like messaged me he was like i got arrested but it was worth it and i was like i don't know bro 
Yeah. Probably worth it. It's a fun place. People there are fucking, they throw down. They're not shy about having a good time. We know we know some people from Eastern Europe, and the the fact that they can party till like four o'clock in the morning every night is amazing. To God, me. I'm too old for that. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. can't do it. Because our bro Laserpunk is from Hungary. Oh yeah, and and uh, he, I, I just don't understand how he's. Every story I've ever heard about him is like, yeah, we partied till four o'clock in the morning, and he was fine. Uh, I, I, how? You know what I know about him? Man, they is cheat. I they talked to him at like ten thirty at night, and he was like, "Sorry, I gotta go take a shower and go to sleep." <laughs> <laughs> so fuck that. Uh, okay. Yeah. Other than that, one circumstance. Are you? Are you? You know, it seems like you know a lot of people. Are you in the journey where you just want to do your own creative thing? Are you still open to like collaborating and? And working with other people. Dude, I hate collaborating because um, it's never in person. So it's not like a, a – uh, you can't vibe. So it always takes long, a long time. And it just doesn't ever really fall into place for me. It seems like a hassle. If I could collab, like, with someone in the same room, that would be amazing. So, yeah, as far as my music goes, it's probably going to mainly be more like a Nine Inch Nails type of thing where – that's what you get. This is refreshing because a lot of people I hear are like, oh, I would always love to do something with someone else. No, man. So this is a new perspective, and I appreciate yeah. that. Not that I don't think other people are worthy. I just – yeah, a, I, it's just kind of a pain. The t- times are different right now too, so. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't just fucking fly over to Paris and hang out for the weekend. I mean, I couldn't do that anyway. That would be ridiculous. But uh, – yeah, fly Can't over to anywhere. Houston and uh, hang out. Exactly. Oh, we got gross Houston. I don't want to go. <laughs> I'd have to go see my dad if I was in Houston, <laughs> and I'm not about to do that. Fuck that. Okay, Austin. Fine, Austin. Austin's alright. I'd do that. Okay. Yeah. See, I, I'm glad I got the consensus for both of you that Austin's okay. <laughs> it's all. It has its problems. Sort of. It's yes. Okay. The, yeah. There, there's some bad parts and there's some good parts. There's some weird people there. I, the furthest south I've been is Arizona, so I've never oh. been to Texas. Yeah, it's like a horizontal no, thing. Just, yeah, <laughs> just don't go. Yeah. Just don't go. Just don't That's go. really good. Thank you. Travel tips: don't go to Texas. <laughs> you can well, that. everywhere it takes six hours to get to. Like it's a goddamn, it's a mess. And then there's just like the whole, yeah, like western part that's just a goddamn desert. I was gonna say no one wants to go to Minnesota either, so that's fair. But we have like, yeah, but like you know, there's some there's some pretty cool stuff here. Yeah, you guys have like a little more favorable history than we do. Right, right. Our our history is just like we just threw up on the United States. Don't tread on me. Yeah, don't tread on. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's a guy in my neighborhood that has that fucking flag. Gross. And I'm just like, don't wave at me, dude. You know we don't have anything <laughs> in common. Don't wave at me. That's just very neighborly no. of you. Oh, I'm so not neighborly, man. Every time I meet somebody like with my wife, I'm just like looking at the ground, just like, when will this be over? 
I don't want to talk That's, about whatever you guys are talking about because we that has got to be no amazing. way we agree. It's got to be amazing. I want to be at a fucking neighborhood gathering with ghosts oh. in fucking Texas. <laughs> that has got to be the most amazing. Fly on the wall of that shit has got to be hilarious. Makes my skin crawl. I mean, for you, yeah. That but you're I- actually doing this, too. Oh, <laughs> fuck. I won't meet people in my same apartment building, and there's only <laughs> 10 units in my unit, like, building. I'm telling you, dude, I don't I, wave I at won't people. do it. I'll look at them when they wave just so they know that I'm not waving back. Be like, like, I will with- stare at you with anger. <laughs> <laughs> we live at the end of the street, too, so we're kind of, like, in the middle of the neighborhood, and we could be, like, good neighbors but we're just like oh man please don't let those kids come over here and try and play with my kids because they're gonna be all weird and shit <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna be or not maybe kids should be weird though yeah well texas weird or like yeah, regular, yeah. Weird? regular weird. I, I feel like regular weird is above texas weird <laughs> because i've been both and i'm regular weird <laughs> And yeah. I'm above Texas weird, and I'm weirder than that shit. Yeah, Indeed. Texas weird is more like, I don't know, overly judgmental. Texas weird is Texas normal. Does that make sense? Indeed. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. I mean, I'm just going to agree with both of you. I have no idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, we but... really appreciate your time. Thank you for hanging out with us. Yeah, man, it's been great. It's really amazing. Talking to you guys. All right. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> you guys take All care. Right. I'll talk again sometime. Yeah, until next time, this is Eric. This is Kyle. This is James. It's a motherfucking paradise I can't.